Good morning, I'm Sharla Freeland from the Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, March 9th. In today's news, the RNC moves part of its spring donor retreat to Trump's Mar-a-Lago club, and Meghan and Harry's interview with Oprah continues to send shockwaves through Britain. But first, the big idea. Monday was International Women's Day, and President Biden marked the day with two groundbreaking nominations. He nominated two female generals for promotion to four-star commands. Post reporter Felicia Sanmez says General Jacqueline Van Ovost of the Air Force is tapped to be commander of the United States Transportation Command, and Lieutenant General Laura Richardson of the Army was nominated to be commander of the United States Southern Command. Once confirmed, they will become the second and third women in the history of the U.S. Armed Forces to lead combatant commands. According to the New York Times, Pentagon leaders held back the nominations of Van Ovost and Richardson until after the November presidential election for fear that then-President Donald Trump would reject them because they're women. Last month, former Defense Secretary Mark Esper told the New York Times that the women were chosen because they were the best officers for the jobs, and he didn't want their promotions derailed because someone in the Trump White House thought the DOD was playing politics. At the White House event, Biden hailed the nominees as two outstanding and eminently qualified warriors and patriots. In another commemoration of International Women's Day, President Biden also directed the Education Department to review the controversial Title IX rule on campus sexual assault. The rule, released last May, regulates how colleges and universities handle allegations of sexual assault and spells out due process rights for those accused of harassment or assault. Former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos saw it as one of her most significant achievements, but it came under sharp attack from Democrats and women's groups. The DeVos regulation mandated a judicial-like process in which the accused has the right to a live hearing and to cross-examine accusers. Opponents argued it would only allow assailants and schools to escape responsibility and discourage victims from coming forward. As a presidential candidate, Biden signaled that he would replace the rule, but education reporter Laura Meckler says unraveling a regulation that is already in place may require a second complex rulemaking process. Biden signed an executive order directing the Education Department to evaluate whether DeVos's regulation is consistent with the policies of the Biden administration. It also directs the agency to review other regulations, orders, guidelines, and policies to see whether they are consistent with the administration's policy to guarantee education free from sexual violence. Biden also signed a second executive order establishing a new White House Gender Policy Council, which is charged with developing a government-wide strategy for advancing gender equality. It will focus on domestic and foreign policy, including examining the burden the coronavirus pandemic has placed on women in particular. A similar office existed in the Obama administration called the White House Council on Women and Girls. The Biden version was renamed to refer to gender, partly to signal that the issues of transgender people would be included. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one, the Republican National Committee is moving part of its spring donor retreat to Mar-a-Lago. The event, scheduled for next month, is a dinner speech headlined by former President Donald Trump. According to Republicans involved in the planning of the event, it will be moved from a nearby hotel. 
White House reporter Josh Dawsey says the move highlights the former president's continued grip over the GOP. The weekend retreat is for the party's most influential donors and will be mostly held at a luxury hotel in Palm Beach, Florida, as it has been in past years. But the RNC has decided to move the Saturday evening portion of the schedule to Trump's private club in order to accommodate the former president and guests who would like to visit the site. The RNC will sign a contract with Mar-a-Lago to host the event and will be paying Trump's club for the use of the facilities and the meal. Those involved in the planning decline to share the expected cost, but say it will be easier to accommodate such a large event that includes Secret Service logistics at the former president's own club. The other scheduled speakers, which include Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, will make their addresses at the main hotel. According to one official, at least 350 people have already sought to attend Trump's speech, the largest of any session of the retreat. Number two, of course I have to spill some royal tea. The sensational Oprah Winfrey interview with Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, aired last night in Britain, and it has the UK press in a spot of bother. In the interview, the couple described the British royal family as frozen, distant, and dysfunctional. But according to London Bureau Chief William Booth, what made the interview so surprising was the suggestion that the monarchy hasn't learned from its mistakes— and that it remains especially out of touch on issues such as mental health and racism. One of the biggest headlines came from Meghan's account that when she was pregnant with her first child, a family member prompted conversation about what color his skin might be when he was born. Meghan and Harry declined to identify the family member who made the remarks. That claim may be particularly difficult for the royal family's reputation, both in America and in Britain, and it remains to be seen how or if the royal family will respond. In a follow-up with Oprah on Monday's CBS This Morning, Winfrey relayed that the prince would only tell her that it was not his grandmother, Queen Elizabeth, or his grandfather, Prince Philip. Reaction in Britain focused on Meghan's confession that she felt suicidal, partly due to all of the negative press coverage, but the tabloids aren't accepting any blame. The British popular press gives British readers what they want, which is salacious palace intrigue. Harry said the royal family, even his father and brother, live in constant fear of the British tabloids and newspapers. Some of them are owned by powerful media moguls, such as Rupert Murdoch. In an outtake that aired Monday morning, Prince Harry told Winfrey that the UK is not bigoted, but the UK press is very bigoted. That's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, March 9th. I'm Charlotte Freeland. Thanks for listening. Thank you.